welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast with me, Colm Cronin, and I am joined with my esteemed colleague. Should I? Are you? Are you vexed, Stuart? Are you irked, uh, galled? Um, how 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 are you feeling? You know, we're 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 gonna we're going into the far sort of the depths of the thesaurus at this stage column. I think it was I flabbergasted recently. Um, I think that I was mightily relieved against the Bears. I am I am aghast at what I witnessed yesterday. It is one thing to lose to the Aaron Rodgers led Jets team who have, as we as we flagged last week, a, a great deal of talent on the team. Um but to lose to the Zach Wilson led, and I use the word led in sort of very loose terms, um, Jets in that fashion um, is it, it, it's it's you know you, you, the funny thing is, Colin, you kind of think, and I think I think Stink might have said this then on X, you know, you think there's a new low every week, and then. You discover that 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 is not the case; that there is always a greater depth to be plumbed, and um, God only knows what awaits us on on a short week in Kansas, um, because that is not the way to set yourself up for a trip to, I guess now have to be our, our most hated rivals alongside the the Raiders, and the difference is that the Kansas City Chiefs are an, an elite footballing unit. And the scary thing is that they haven't even hit their straps properly yet. And if ever there was a get-right game for for an offense of even mediocre talent, it's the Broncos and that appalling defense and that wretched defensive coordinator. So you shudder to think what will happen to us on Thursday if Mahomes and Kelsey and Pacheco and all the other weapons they have get things uh, clicking because that could be I mean, we, I think we, we kind of expected a, a dreadful beating at the hands of the Dolphins column, um, at which we, you know, received in abundance. And I'd be worried that something similar. Now, I don't think it'd be 70, but I think some, a, another fairly, you know, difficult to stomach hiding, I think, could be on the cards on Thursday night. So, yeah, fantastic. What another wonderful Sunday evening's entertainment for the Broncos this weekend. Uh, I mean, for for me, I suppose I'm at a point where it's there. There, you know, it's it's not even disappointing at, at the moment. It's it's annoying, but the things that are annoying me are things, Stuart, like the fact that the commentators on all of the games continuously bring up as if it's a good thing that Russell Wilson and we touched on this before, but Russell Wilson lost fifteen pounds. Like, again, there was no accountability for what happened last year, realistically. It was all pinned on Nathaniel Hackett, as if Nathaniel Hackett was the only problem. Nobody in the Denver media called out the fact that Russell Wilson was carrying 15 additional pounds last year. Where where are the questions uh, around that? How was that allowed to happen? Why isn't Russ asked about that all the time? Like, man, you signed a quarter of a billion dollar contract a quarter of a billion dollars at which point you were you were waddling um because you were carrying almost a stone in extra weight i mean this is why the broncos are in the situation that they have found themselves in like they, because 
there aren't standards. There aren't consequences for for your actions. If you, no matter what you do, you will be mollycoddled and you will be looked after. Uh, and if what we have witnessed since Gary Kubiak left this franchise, if that happened in Philadelphia, if that happened in New York, they would be burning the building to the ground. There are people in New York who, and I think it is premature, but there are people calling for Brian Dable's head um, because of how poorly the Giants have started. And yes, the Giants made an awful decision to give a big contract to a bad quarterback, and they now find themselves in this situation. Russell Wilson's contract extension hasn't even kicked in. I mean, we are in, and at St- to Stink's point, yes, he made the, the you know, this has to be rock bottom, but Stuart, I, I think I've mentioned it now, it's a long time since I did it, but Gerard Mandy Hopkins, an Irish poet, has a poem called No Worst There Is None. So Broncos fans, do not think that this is as bad as it can get because it can still get worse than than this. This is an absolutely rudderless ship to me. And despite that, could because the NFL is the NFL, could we spring the ultimate surprise and get a win on Thursday? It could happen, but it, it will it won't signify anything because I have no idea where this franchise is going. And Stuart, I asked you a few weeks ago, would you trade Patrick Sartan? And you weren't too keen on on the idea. Has anything changed with that? And if you don't, where do the Broncos go about fixing this? Because there are any, there are a litany of holes on this team. A lot lot of stuff there, Colm, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. The mantra at the moment now seems to be, and this is, you know, I think it was Zach who we spoke to earlier on. We, we had a bit of a, a chat about this when he came on. And, and I think we all kind of, I think Zach felt that this was a safe place for him to unfold his his natural cynicism um, towards the organization at the moment, which is not always the case. And, and what we said was that Russell Wilson isn't the problem, but he isn't the solution either. And that seems now, I'm not saying that we coined that phrase, but that seems to be kind of the mantra now, which is sort of a, an attempt to kind of soothe the pain that people are just beginning to realize that the trade for Russell Wilson and the contract and the cap it and the dead money that is coming down the pipeline. And I think people have now fully realized that the tr- the, the Russell Wilson trade and by extension, the, 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 the draft capital that we had to give up to get Sean Payton, who has looked miles off the pace as head coach, has put this franchise in a massive hole. Russell Wilson didn't decide to give up all the draft picks to make the trade for him. That was the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson didn't decide to give him a quarter of a billion contract, as you said, before he had thrown a single pass in anger. That was the Denver Broncos. So it's not Russell Wilson's fault. It's like when a young striker in Premier League gets signed for an astronomical transfer fee and he's put under massive pressure. And, and you do hear, he didn't decide what the transfer fee is. I think this is similar to Russell Wilson, Colin. He didn't decide to do these things. He didn't give up all those picks. He didn't He didn't give himself that contract. However, that is where we're at. So now you get to the stage where you've got a, a team that has real dearth of 
talent, a real dearth of talent, a team that has been massively overrated by its own fans, a team that has been bigged up by um, local media. And I think you're now beginning to see the chickens coming home to roost. There is not a huge amount of money to play around with, and that's going to be even worse because of Russell Wilson contract next year. There will be very little draft picks to play around with this year because of the Russell Wilson and the Sean Payton trades. And this is where we're at, Colin. This is where we're at. You build teams primarily through the draft. If you do not have first and second and third round kicks on a regular basis because you make these trades, then this is what's going to happen. You have to be able to draft extremely well, and we are hit and miss when it comes to the draft. So you get a guy like McLaughlin, you know, an undrafted free agent, that's a brilliant pickup. You get somebody like um, uh, Mims, who looks like a really good player, even though we did a rough day at the office yesterday. But an awful lot of the other picks, Colin, they, they're like, you know, I mentioned Pacheco in passing. Pacheco was a sixth rounder, seventh rounder for the Chiefs. And look at the guy now. He's lethal. Like, where's our version? McLaughlin's been really good. He's been a spark. It looks great. But he's not Pacheco yet. He's not even close to Pacheco yet. But, you know, so I think this is all art of a it, it, it and, and the scary thing is that we have to be better at all those things from next year because we're going to have even less money to play with because Russell Wilson's contract eats into even more cap space. So unless something changes in that we're much clever when it comes to free agent pickups, but what, if you're a free agent, why are you coming to Denver? Long to keeping the state of the place. We have to get much better at drafting, and there's nothing to suggest that that is going to be a dead cert. We don't know if we're going to get better at drafting. There's nothing, there's no evidence to say we will. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, Colin, unfortunately, uh, George Payton has to be done after this season, barring a miraculous turnaround. Um, I, I don't see how somebody can survive this level of of incompetence in this level of awful football. And already, I think, was it three or 4,000 no-shows last night, Colin? You know, that's already quite early for that. If things keep going the way they are, by the time you hit weeks 12, 13, there's going to be half-empty stadium, which has been the case year in, year out since Gary Kubiak retired. So, I, you know, the only thing for me, Colin, and I know you're saying, well, I trade Patrick. Ah, if I trading Patrick's hand, signifies the beginning of a true rebuild, then I think I would have to be okay with that because it ha- it needs to be kick-started. And I think you need to look back at, I think the prime example of sometimes you need to take radical action in order to to, to really get a franchise back on track. Look at Jimmy Johnson, um, look at the Virtual Walker trade and look at what they got for him and look at how that set up the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think you'll get the same. I don't think anybody is... Um, you know, going to give up the the, the, the the same kind of haul that um, that the the Vikings gave up for Herschel Walker. But if we can get a first and a second rounder, or two first rounders, or sorry, a first rounder future picks for Satan, you'd have to think about it because there are any number of teams. If you put Satan into that Forty Niners team, Colin, um, and if they can stay free of injury, then you'd have to expect them to get to the Super Bowl. And, and I think they'd give a far better account of themselves if Brock Purdy was there instead of Garoppolo. So you're going to have takers. You'd have takers with Justin Simmons. Um, so, yes, I probably would trade Pastor Tom as of now, primarily because we can't get rid of Russell Wilson. And I do think, Colin, given the way that that contract kicks in, even if we have to to take the, uh, the medicine with Russell Wilson for a year or two, but if we get a top three, four pick, and if there is a quarterback on the board, I don't care, take him. 
take them absolutely and get them blooded in and give yourself an opportunity to move on from Russell Wilson as soon as possible. So that's, that's the, yeah, it, it, you know, no one likes to hear embrace the tank. as we discussed, Colin, you don't, we're not embracing any tank. The tank is coming and it's got nothing to do with whether or not we want to, it's, it's arrived. Um, and it's much bigger, scarier tank is just coming around the corner as well, because the schedule gets brutal. Um, I think the whole thing needs to be burned down, start from scratch. Um, if that means Patrick Tran plays for another team that has a genuine chance of winning a Super Bowl, then yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like tanking, but I I would be in favor of rebuilding. And when one considers, you know, where the Texans are are at now, and where one considers where the the Colts are at, they at least have an idea of, of what they're doing and the Colts are doing it like when they're Richardson has been out like Gardner Minshew came in yesterday and and still played really well and obviously the Texans lost yesterday but you know this is where it's not all wins and losses they looked really impressive Stroud looks uh, they have a game plan they're they're playing um for each other they're playing for the head coach in terms I suppose of what you're saying about George Payton just to look at the three drafts okay so if we go with 2021, obviously Sertan's a superstar, okay? Um, Javante Williams, I think, was a very, very good pick. Prior to the injury, I think, don't think, you know, I mean, he, he needs to be part of a one-two punch and, and people want to pick holes in, in his game. Fine, his vision could be better, but I think he is a, an outstanding running back. I really do. Quinn Miners is a starter, okay? I mean, what, how many other teams he, he'd start for, I don't know, but he, he is a starter. Uh, Browning, we've seen flashes, but all we've seen are, are flashes. Caden uh, Stearns, talented, but Caden Stearns has played five games in three years, and he's out this year. It's unfortunate, it's awful, but the reality is, is that we just haven't seen him on the field. Jamar Johnson, gone. Seth Williams, gone. Vincent Jr., gone. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, he's a, he's a contributor. He is, he contributes. And certainly that's a nice, given how late he, he went, uh, Spencer is gone, right? So that's 2021. So you, you from that, you have Sertan, Williams, and we'll, we'll see how Javante comes back. Um, so you got Sertan, Miners, Browning, uh, and, and Cooper. Uh, and then you have Javante, hopefully he gets back, and Stearns with a bit of an asterisk. If we go to 2022 then, you've got Benito, um, who, you know, is obviously got, got talent. Dulcich, who again can't stay on the, the field. Uh, Matt, Harry Mathis has had an awful year. Uh, we, we have our, our friend who is uh, suspended and may never play in the NFL again. Uh, Turner Yell, no, okay. Uh, Montreal Washington, beloved by certain Denver media members. Uh, no, no longer here. Uh, didn't make the the fifty three. Uh, Wattenberg, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he- uh, Henningsen, mm-hmm. Hicks gone, and then we go to twenty twenty three. And very early to to judge. We can say Mims has has been a very good pick. I think it's probably too early to to call on possibly any of the the others. But you know, it's been. Okay, I, like outside of the, um, I I would say that the Patrick Sertan uh, pick is one because just of how good he has been, I think he is the, the best in his position. 
that that must stands out. And I know it's slightly old-fashioned. How many of those players are pro bowlers? So Tan, is that it? I I don't I don't think I don't think Javante made it in his uh, in no. that for first season. No, he didn't. I think you could argue that if Javante had stayed healthy, he might have made the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the Pro Bowl is the only judge of whether or not a draft pick has been successful. But like a and, and starter, as you said, Quinn Myers is a good player as a starter. The caveat column is he's a starter for the Denver Broncos who are going through one of the worst runs of form in the franchise's history. So um but so so I'm gonna use Pro Bowl as as a as a because we can't God knows we can't use the playoffs as any kind of meter as whether or not a player has worked uh, out for the Denver Broncos. So we've got Pat Satan is is an all pro. Um and there's nobody else. There's nobody else. So like you know, given where we're at, you need more than that, Colin. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, and, and, and like Cooper has been, as you say, pleasantly surprised. Nick Benito looks like he's beginning to turn the corner. Mims looks like he could be a very good player. Um, But like, you know, you're kind of, this kind of asterisk is beside all of them. Isn't it really apart from Pat Sertan? Like there's always, well, if he had done this, we stayed injury free. And if only, if only, if only. Um, Like look at the Chiefs, Colin. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the jobs that they've been doing when it comes to the draft. They're always picking 31 or 32. And yet somehow, year in, year out, they get another starter. They get another star. They get, you know, they, they just take a peek. They're, they look at what they've lost in the offseason. They look at what they need and that gets filled. I mean, and, and you hate to use, you, you know, uh, a rival um, and an historic rival like the Chiefs as the benchmark. You know, kind of reminds me of when recently when Manchester United now have to use Man- Manchester City as a benchmark it's painful it, it just feels wrong but you have to be realistic and kind of go this is where we're at and um, Chiefs are a, it's almost like they're playing in a different league the Bron- like think about it and for our American listeners that they may not know but like the Broncos are lucky call them in the last few years that you can't get relegated from the NFL because we would be hoying with it year in year out getting relegated down into into the USFL or whatever else. Like, we are lucky. That's how bad we've been. So sorry for a call, but I just thought that was, you know, so past your time, yes, but one player cannot be held, and I'm not saying that you were doing that, but one player cannot be held up as evidence that this guy is a good drafter. He's an average drafter. And I think that's kind. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, look, the, the problems go far beyond... George Payton and I think that to me is one thing we need to highlight right the Broncos wanted to pin everything on Nathaniel Hackett last year and it wasn't just Hackett and you saw and I've seen plenty of maybe Sean Payton's friends in the media want to kind of ignore um, the Hackett comments and say oh like he, he what he said about Hackett was right yeah but fine I agree I don't particularly like Nathaniel Hackett I think he did an awful job here last year but he, he wasn't alone in that. And again, as you said, Russell Wilson didn't give himself the contract. Nathaniel Hackett didn't hire himself. Somebody has a, a committee sat in an interview room, listened to that man speak. And hey, we got to see it when he went to the, the podium and went, that's our guy. That's the guy to lead us back to the, the promised land. But it goes further than that. Even when you consider in terms of the fewest points per, per game, say again, since Coombs left, like we are... We are down there with the Jets and the Giants. Like, 
two what have become joke franchises and it's it's really sad for uh, us and and the giants because obviously two franchises that that have won super bowls in more recent times the uh, the jets have a you know probably the uh, only the bears can match um their kind of drought in terms of franchise qbs but this has been going on and there has been an absolute you know unwillingness to accept that a rebuild was needed there has just been story after story about how the team is going to be different this year it's going to be fantastic and um, ignore what your eyes are are showing you um and the, this this will be wonderful and i'm just you know like the it's the chiefs i suppose having the chiefs in our in our division is in some ways it, it highlights it it makes it seem you know so much worse but Andy Reid has obviously done a, a, a phenomenal job there um, but I look at the other teams Stuart just that you know are we're down towards the fewest points if you're going back in over the number of years the Dolphins are a team that didn't score a number of points you know uh, or weren't high scorers they were the doldrums for a lovely long time until Mike McDaniel came in and you know I, I think that the Broncos have just this view on the way in which football is that is not real in 2023. Yeah, so you, you used the Texans earlier on, and I think you're right. And if, like for, for, for season after season, it seemed like the Texans, you know, and especially when Deshaun Watson had the difficulties he had, it just seemed like they were going nowhere as a, as a franchise. Um, and now I'd say if you if you ask the Texan fan how they feel about their team, I'd say they feel pretty positive about it because they can see potentially down the road that the franchise has turned around and they've got something that they can believe in. And you said we we have we have failed to embrace the rebuild that was required after Peyton Manning left town. We we failed. We failed to do it. We we we've gone down the road of applying a sticking plaster onto a broken limb, and 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 there were years outside of or away from 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 what should have happened, um. And and I think like you just have to look at a column when when the Patriots, who you know, I mean, my opinions on the Patriots as a franchise are well known. Um, I bet you any money that the Patriots will get things turned around quicker. And the Broncos will because I think the Patriots after this season are going to go we gave Mac Jones an opportunity he didn't take it he's a limited quarterback let's pull the trigger and go somewhere else and I think that we have made decisions about quarterbacks and you know and I know it keeps coming back to the quarterback but at the end of the day it kind of is always really about the quarterback um, we seem to have made these decisions then we seem to get stuck in the mud about them um, like you know, like we, if we find ourselves the top five pick and we decide not to take a quarterback again, then then the entire the, the organization should be shut down. I mean, like you know, you brought this up before in the podcast, Bob. Like we have had very very high draft picks on a number of occasions due to our incompetence as a football team, and yet somehow we have failed to come away with the franchise quarterback on each of those occasions. Um, like this is dereliction of duty territory, Colin. And it wasn't as if we had brilliant quarterbacks in situ that we felt there was no need for us to, to, to draft a quarterback. And I know it's easy in hindsight, and I know he keeps coming back to it, but there are key sliding doors moments in the Denver Broncos in recent years 
And the biggest one, and the one that I think sometimes people just forget about because they were convinced, like that lunatic that you sent me a DM on Twitter the other day, they are convinced that that the Josh Allen wouldn't have been developed as well as a quarterback here if he'd been drafted by the Broncos. And maybe that's the case. But you know what? We never got to find out because we picked another pass rusher when Case Keenum was the quarterback at the time. I mean, how, how like how how do you how do you come back from that? I mean, it's just like and and it just seems like, and, and I think that that's not a bigger moment in recent Broncos history for me because there's been loads of those. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, there's just been mistake after mistake after mistake. And like like you, got like I'm at this point now where you're looking at that Broncos Jets game, and previously when the team had been such a success and, and and to not make the playoffs was was a disaster you kind of become inured to the whole thing it's yet another disastrous loss for the broncos and it doesn't for me the really scary thing is it doesn't really hurt anymore because i've just become so used to it now it's like you're beaten down by the by the organization how bad it is um and i just i i i don't know it's it's very very difficult to feel anything positive about the broncos for the simple reason that I don't know if the people that are in the position to do something about it actually fully realize just how far we have to go to get things turned around. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose that that's the thing. I, I, I want the, um, I, wa- I want them to to get it right, and it can you can get it right, but are are they the right people? I mean, I look at say. The, the Lions, I think, are another, right? They're, they're, they're a real example of a team that for years, years, um, I got to, was talking to uh, Gary Murphy from, uh, there's a professor here at Dublin City University, he's an Alliance fan for, for over 40 years. Uh, and he talked about how, you know, it was the, the factory of, of sadness. And when Dan Campbell came in there, it took a, a long time, um, but you know they e- even in that season, right? That opening season of, of Dan Campbell's, they went thirteen and three. But like some of those losses, like they they put up thirty three points in his, his first uh, game there. Um, they, they lost by two points to the the Ravens. They lost by two points to the uh, Vikings. They had some big losses. Then it really became, you know, started to, to come together um, for them towards the end of that season. And then obviously last year they were at nine and eight, um, but they got that big statement win over the, the Packers laid on. And this year they, they look absolutely fantastic. But you knew immediately, right? And people kind of laughed at the press conference. But as soon as the Lions took to the field in September of 2021, it was obvious this was a different era. This is a new team. They were playing um, for a, a head coach who, who they believed in and who had a plan. And his offensive coordinator decided to stick around this offseason, had offers to go elsewhere, but ultimately decided to stick around. And we are watching in the league, you know, you watched how good the 49ers are, how good the Dolphins are, how good the, the Lions are. There's so much creativity and we just don't have any of that. They're, the the fun is, is, has been sucked out of Denver completely. 
I, you know, I, we could, you could go in there, you could analyze individual games, but to me, it, it's much bigger than that. We, we talked about last week's short, you know, some of the things that we were excited about, but having lost to Zach Wilson, and let's not forget just how bad a QB Zach Wilson is, like, is there any, is there what are you going to look for? I we 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 hope right that the Chiefs have a, a bad game, and I mean you can like we are due, we really are due a win. I mean again, you got to go back to September of twenty fifteen. Think about how different the world was in twenty fifteen. Yeah, we're we're almost talking a decade at this point, and since then there have been blowout losses. There have been close games. You know, we, we've come within uh, three points of them. I watched us lose in overtime um, back in, in 2016 when it really felt like a, a kind of a fork in the road. That felt like when things changed. Ultimately, we lost in overtime to the Chiefs. We should have won that game. Uh, Coops leaves at the end of the season. Um, and, and since then, yeah, it's it's been all downhill. Some incredibly tough losses. Uh, you think back uh, to the what was December of of 2019 when we only scored three points uh, against them. Is there is there anything you know that like you know when you when you get up on Friday morning, what <laughs> what do you got to look for? Strong cup of coffee, um, and I'll I'll watch the replay. I. I watched the game last night, Carl, and I and I, I kind of towards the end when when the um, the Broncos when when Satan picked off that pass that that you know like a, a high school quarterback knew that that ball had to go to the outside, not to the inside, and I think that's the, the level we're talking about. It was a great piece of play by by Satan, but even still, it should never have been you know that ball was awfully placed. Remember, I come and texted a friend of mine. And I said, "We are blessed that we're playing." a team with as poor a quarterback as Zach Wilson is tonight. Otherwise, you know, we, we'd lose this game. Because I felt that the momentum was with us now. I thought we were going to go down the field and, you know, if not send it to overtime, certainly we, you know, would have would have probably won it. Um, Like, there are only good quarterbacks coming up in the next few weeks, Colin. Um, Jordan Love, still question marks about him. Um, So, I... The NFL is bizarre. We love it for that reason. And, um, you know, uh, you, you see the Cardinals pulled off a huge upset a couple of weeks ago. Um, you, you know, yeah, crazy things happen. That's why it's a sport that we love. And perhaps everybody expects the Broncos to get an unmerciful hiding. Maybe they'll turn it around. But, Colm, I, I don't see how they can because... We have one of the worst defensive coordinators, I think, certainly this franchise has ever seen. You know, you could argue he's one of the worst defensive coordinators the NFL has seen in the last decade or two. Um, because he's the big change, Colin. He's the he's the different, he's the he's the the, the, the one, the non-constant, because most of the players are there. I know we lost one or two big pieces, um, but they shouldn't have been pieces that completely derail. Like this Broncos defense is 32nd in most metrics that are used to measure defensive performance. It, it is it is borderline historically bad at the moment. Um, and 
we haven't really played a good offense yet. That's the truly scary thing. Now, I know, as we said at the start of the podcast, the Chiefs haven't clicked properly. Um, but if you're the Chiefs, and if you're Andy Reid, and if you're Pat Mahomes, the one team that you want to play to get the offense back up and running at the moment is Denver. We can't, we cannot stop the run. We cannot stop the run. Um, and like, you know, we, we've been blessed to have good defenses over the years. Obviously, you go back to the 70s, you got the Orange Crush. Even I know that the, the Broncos' defenses in the 80s, unfortunately, were were overmatched in a lot of those Super Bowls. But certainly in the regular season, they're still good defenses. You know, you've got guys like Dennis Smith and Mecklenburg and Simon Fletcher, people like that. So there's a, there's a you know, and, and the Super Bowl wins with Alloway. Obviously, the offense... Apart from Steve Batwater and defense, like the the superstars, the Hall of Famers were predominantly on offense, but there were still good defenses, Colin. And in particular, in the in the second Super Bowl run when we beat the Falcons, the defense was outstanding in the playoffs. Got the historic defense in Super Bowl Fifty. So you know, it's not as if the Broncos have been you know the uh, greatest show on turf offensively all these years, and and the defense was left behind. There's always, or as many times as you can remember, there's been a good tradition of defense in this franchise. And it is shameful just what's going on at the moment. And um, Vance Joseph is miles out of his depth, is a surprise to absolutely no one who has got any interest in the sport for the last couple of years. How he is still in the job is beyond, should be beyond anyone. Should have been fired after the Dolphins game. I get it. Maybe they're going. It's only three games in. Maybe that was just some aberration. Um, they lost to a Jets team led by barely a backup. I mean, barely a backup. So what's it going to take, Come, Where's the accountability? Surely, we see now you get into the stage where I think Sean Payton is so stubborn because he picked Vance Joseph. He can pick Vance Joseph. Oh. Like, is Vance Joseph the only defensive coordinator out there? Like, who else was on the short list? You know? Like, to, for the defense to tail off so badly. I mean, again, we did speak about this. Defense last year performed heroically for most of the season. There was a blowout against the Rams, which unfortunately skewed the statistics. But for the most part, that defense was excellent. Evero leaves. Vance Joseph comes in. One or two pieces leave. One or two players leave. But the personnel is largely the same. And it's gone from one of the best defenses in the league to literally, Colin, I would say, the worst defense in the league right now. So I, 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 I'd love to think that there's a surprise on the cards um, on Thursday night. I, I would not put any money on us. Broncos are going to... Like, the spread at the moment is the Chiefs by 10 and a half. I, I, that's got to be some kind of a bookmaker's trick trying to get people to spend money on that because you would not give the Broncos 10 and a half normally. I, I don't, if the Broncos get within 17 points of the Chiefs on Thursday call, it'll be a minor miracle. And I would expect... I don't even know the Pat Mahomes back up this at this point, but you'd expect he might see seven or eight minutes in the fourth quarter because there should be no reason for Mahomes to finish the game out. I I don't know. I, I think the um I think Chiefs are interesting because I, I think they take a very different approach to the regular season. I think they try stuff out at this point in the season short and they seek not to peak until January. If you look at how they're um how they've approached the, the past few years and remember that Patrick Mahomes has yet to play a playoff game outside of Arrowhead. Um 
they and they have the youngest defense in the league and, and they're they're still performing. I, I I think it could be closer. I, I don't envisage us winning it. Um I, I agree with, you know, the points you, you ha- have made on, on Vance Joseph. I do think that the defense began to tail off last year. Um from the the high point after Chubb was traded and the injuries happened and all of the stuff happened with Russ and in you know in in the fullness of time. I, I know some people saw the interview that um Shannon Sharp did with Marshawn Lynch and kind of went, Yeah, we knew all that, sure, but there's a there's a chapter to be written about last year in, in Denver um and everything that went on and um I think some of that helped explain it. So to me, I mean, even if you took the Broncos as being the 14th best. The fact that they are not just the league worst, short, they by DVOA, they are the worst defense in league history right now. Um, they, you know, um, just 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 shockingly bad. Um, and given and Carl, given 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 who they, I mean, it's it, scary. It, 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 Yes, given given the Raiders, the Jets. Yeah, we have we haven't we have not played anyone um you know really good, and um I think we can be grateful for that. To me, I will still be here. I've been supporting this team since '89. I will continue to support this team. It will continue to ruin my weekends for um or my more my Thursday nights. I mean, that's Thursday night here. That's going to be. 20 plus one in the morning kickoff. Um, so I'd love, I'd love a surprise. I, I don't expect it, but I, I would love it. Um, you know, please, if you're, uh, if you are a fellow Bronco fan who is, um, you know, as fed up as we are, get in touch. You can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. I'm across social media at Column from Cork. Uh, you can get in touch with Mile High Report. You enjoy the this podcast, please do rate, review, and subscribe, or tell somebody uh, about it. Um, we can we can hope for better things. I don't expect them anytime soon, but we we can hope, and we can hope that against hope that the Broncos get the victory against the Chiefs, but at least hope that it won't be embarrassing on prime time. Go Broncos! Stop. Stop. He's already dead. Go Broncos.